Welcome to Bean Pod by Upshot, the only Upshot podcast available. And uh, today we are excited to welcome the man that made our Brazil trip possible. He also loans a local jiu-jitsu gym called Revive BJJ. He's also a fellow fellow coffee lover, Junior Silver. Welcome to the pod, man. Hello, everybody. Excited to have you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. It's great to be here. We've been talking about a pod. I feel like when we were on our trip, we are like getting to know you a little bit more. We are like, I think he needs an episode. I feel like we could just take a camera with us next time and just film him and create like a nice little hour-long uh, documentary. Well, we could that film would be you the too, most entertaining kinda. thing ever. Kind of, we could film you as well. That would be maybe entertaining. We, we gotta go. We gotta we, go back. Yeah, we, we do. Do that. That's the plan. I feel like um, maybe a little bit different of a journey. We're not gonna take Drew this time. <laughs> no Drew. On a fifteen-minute hey. oh. segment of Drew in the airport in Atlanta. Yeah, they, that would be a good one too. <laughs> hey, all right. But um. But anyway, Junior, I kind of wanted to open the podcast because I had a lot of people just asking questions about our connection with you, how we got into it. I feel like I've explained the story a thousand times, but give us a little background, like um, where you grew up, kind of just in a little general, kind of a short little nugget of how you got from Brazil to here. I mean, that may be too broad, but yeah, I, uh, I came to America in 2003. I came here to work and do jiu-jitsu. I had a connection in Florida with a mixed martial arts school there. And then I started working there, teaching jiu-jitsu. And uh, years went by, I decided to open my own place. And Florida was kind of hard for me to do that. I had a no-compete, and I didn't want to open a franchise from that place. And uh, Jessica's family brought me to St. Louis. They had a business here, and I stayed. Yeah. And, and Jessica's then, your wife? Yeah, Jessica's my wife. Okay. Wonderful lady. She's been yeah. over at the roaster many times. She's a good lady. She is. She's awesome. And then I met, I met my partner, Nick Sanders, and we were talking about opening uh, our own school. We started Revive. It's going well. We love it. And um, that's how we got here. Nice. And I met you guys. After yeah, that. we did. And we'll get into that a little bit. I mean, you kind of moved around a little bit when you were younger, right? Like, what was it like just for somebody that has never maybe been to Brazil? What was it like growing up in Brazil as... A young kid. Brazil was fun. It's, it's different. It's definitely you know? different. Yeah, really from, different. To, from American standards. If uh, I come from a really poor family, and I, uh, my father was a cop, and uh, when you're a cop in Brazil, you get transferred a lot to different cities. He was also a crazy cop, so he got in trouble <laughs> a lot. <You> guys <laughs> met him. And that's how I grew up in a different part of Brazil. It's more of a hot area, dry and at some point in our life, my daddy, my father got in trouble by some problems there with the police. Nothing bad, just Brazilian things. And he got transferred. <laughs> it's complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. Yeah. He got transferred to a city far away. And it's a, it was a different environment, different area. And uh, that's how I got involved with coffee. That's when I met coffee, coffee trees. And um, my daddy, my father worked there for from 2000, for 99 to 2012. Okay. Become a simple man. Yes. And that was up in the Minas region? Yeah, Minas region. Matas de Minas. Mm -hmm. It's the place I took you guys. Yeah, yeah. And we we went to the drier area. Like you said, there's not much coffee. And then in the Minas area, it's just like it's everywhere. Yeah, it's a big change. It's both Minas. They stay to Minas. It's just one area is Matas de Minas. And the other area is Vale do Aço. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was was cool to get the, the perspective. I feel like everywhere... We were at initially by around your dad's farm. It was just everywhere you look. So it's 
it was a pretty cool experience, especially getting on your dad's farm. Just, it's not a crazy operation. It's nothing huge, you know, like just a lot of small farmers all jammed into kind of one area. Yeah, they uh, really small uh, farms, small families, like has a little piece of land there. And every year they get like, what, they're saying 50 bags of coffee. Yeah. That's how they make their living. And that's the type of people we're trying to get involved and right. help there. Mm -hmm. My father is one of them. Yeah, and, and you have kind of like a goal with your, um, just kind of the idea of like we we're talking about specialty coffee on the farm, you know. And yes, I always wanted to help my father. I didn't know how. I see he's been doing coffee for a couple of years, and he always complained to me. He's not making any money. He does because he loves it, and uh, but doesn't have any profits. And I see it. Also, his retirement money, he he gets makes okay money a month for his retirement. He's a retired officer all his money goes through coffee and there's no return and that's how i met i knew agner that's why i started talking to agner and agner explained to me that a lot of people are doing specialty coffee i never heard of and brazil is not big on specialty coffee as you guys know it's getting bigger now and then agner started explaining to me there's a way to make money and do a better job right make better coffee and I explaining that to my father, I remember the first time I approached him and I started explaining to him that people are getting the ripe beans and picking the best cherries and drying the coffee different in a raised bed. He's like, wow, that's impossible. You're not going to make any, any no money way. like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I started. And that's how he, after you guys went there, he, I think he learned a lot and he changed his mindset. You guys mm -hmm. helped me a lot. He's being he was really, really open excited. to hear. Yeah, he's really open now. He had a, a totally open mindset too. I was not sure what to expect on like, because in the end, it's this is how they've been doing it for for years, and it's like for years and like specialty coffee wasn't like a super super big topic. I feel like so it was cool to hear some some positivity through the subject, you know. Yes, what Agner told me. I don't know if he's if you guys and Agner just real quick. You're but we've we've introduced him a little bit on the podcast, but. Just a buddy you grew up with. Yeah, Agne was my one of my best friends in the city I grew up. And uh, his whole family works with coffee his whole life. That's all they do. And uh, we played soccer together, grew up together, and I moved to America and we kept in touch. And he became a big explorer, you know. Yeah, I feel like Agner is a really unique guy. Like, he is really put together when it comes to, like, I, when we first met him. He doesn't speak any English. He's, he's getting there, right? Yeah, he's learning. He's, he's learning. learning. Yeah. But it was cool to meet him. He's a true professional. I remember Drew and I, were, when he first came in the roastery, you remember that experience? Yeah, I remember came in, and the first thing he did, he was like, Blake, I need water. And he tasted the water before to, so that he could, like, adjust his palate uh, so, he, you know, his palate wouldn't be thrown off by anything different in the water here compared right. to where he is he wanted to know yeah what's the water straight up as a cup and we we're like all right this man's done it before this, this man knows what he's doing this know? is probably why the coffee we got into the roastery was yeah. so is damn good, good as it yeah. is yeah yeah he's the guy in brazil going to the farms and picking this coffee and you know trying to get good coffee yeah. here in america for us so right? he's the one that has all your has been working on all your connections over there and meeting all the farmers and helping them export their coffee and Agner sends more stuff over to other countries right now, but he's been trying to break into North America a little bit. Yeah. been helping him with that. He sent coffee to America before, but never, like, he would just send the coffee to a company. And they, what he told me, people are always trying to get the coffee for a re really low price from him. Yeah. And he wanted to bring the coffee here with me, and we both together sell the coffee. That way you don't have to, 
he lose his profits with other companies, you know. And that's what we did. We, he picked uh, coffee that he believed on, that he liked it. He really liked it. it. Was his favorite coffee that he had on his warehouse, and he sent that coffee here. And now me and him we're trying to sell that coffee to local shops and. Oh, and the all name of that company is Prime Coffee Company. Yeah, mm-hmm. Prime. Anyone coffee. can reach out to you. Yeah. And request green samples. We send. You give free samples. Just yeah. And running. and we are. We got these samples without any uh, relationship with you at all, right? So we came in and when we got these samples, we had no connection with you. So we had a fully unbiased approach to the coffee and we all really, really enjoyed it. So it's really good stuff. It's just yeah. hard, right? In the beginning, it's it's like getting connections in the industry. It's it's a difficult, difficult job. Yeah, know? I'm pretty new with coffee too. And uh, uh, it's hard for people to trust, right? just met this guy and they've been getting a uh, coffee from another company and they trust that company most of the time and uh it's i think it would take time for people for sure. to build trust and give us a chance but yeah it's definitely challenging just like i remember tasting those coffees and they were you know pretty much like three of them were the best brazilian coffees i'd probably had to date and uh, i don't know it's just crazy that nobody is buying them yeah like yeah it really is just a matter of getting information out there yeah and no one knows about them no one knows where to get them and it's just a matter of building that infrastructure of being able to get them to the right roasters and be able to get them to understand how great they are and just build those relationships Mm -hmm. yeah in presence new or coming if there's a technical birth date to the company what would be probably six months right yeah Yeah, so a couple weeks before sca very much makes sense you know It, it it's a slow build but once people realize how good the stuff is like we have, there's going to be a lot of support. So we're excited to, to, to see that. And, um, I don't, I kind of wanted to ask you what your experience initially to the roastery was when you first got in here. What was your kind of perspective? Cause it was, it was kind of fun initially. Yeah. I was, um, I came with an open mind. So, you know, I knew a little bit about coffee, but the way my father knows about coffee is just like, it's just coffee. You just dry on the ground, or right, and uh, you just it should be bitter, and you know, and you dark got a dark roast that thing, mm-hmm. and people would drink it, put a bunch of cream on it, uh, and um, luckily I was already drinking coffee, like uh, plain coffee, because mm-hmm. I usually fast in the morning, and then I got to taste the coffee here, and it's like, oh, that's it's a big difference from mm-hmm. the coffee I drink in my house, you know, and I um, I start learning, and those a it was a good experience, so different. And uh, and uh, with that open mind, it was easy for me to s- learn from you guys. You guys taught me a lot of what I know of specialty coffee, 99%. And I know <laughs> I don't know much, but I'm Wait, who gave the, you the other 1%? My friend Glenn. <laughs> Glenn! <laughs> I knew it. And then, Glenn's uh, taught us all a little something. That's right. Glenn's your father-in-law. Yeah, he's my father-in-law. Good guy. Yeah. He's my partner, too. We went coffee. to SCA with him. We were... Um, kind of that crew was Glenn, you, Agner, Lucy, Glenn's wife, yeah, um, Connor, and I. So it was a fun crew. Yeah, really fun crew. And that's how I learned about coffee. The little bit that I know, and I've been learning more every day. And mm-hmm. I love it. I'm a, I think I'm a coffee guy now. That's how yeah, I think about sure. it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so coffee people like they're obsessed with coffee. Like working with Agner, he we didn't even sell that many coffee bags yet, and he's already picking new coffee, going to farmers and telling me, man, we got to send another container. I think it's more <laughs> getting good coffee here than selling coffee yeah, at yeah. this point. He just loves coffee and he wants 
he's good at he's really good at getting it you know yeah. and that's what he does so it makes sense that he's trying to get more but we're like we got to get through we got to get through the the sales before you get a whole nother container yeah i feel I like would, we can kind of relate to that too because we, sure. we're always like cupping new samples and everything and it's like sometimes we'll we'll love five coffees and we can't order any right like, there's <laughs> never <laughs> enough yeah like we don't even have room to right. buy anything that's but. agnes mindset right there right that's there's so much good coffee to be consumed and to be bought, but there's want to try it all. There's not as much as you can actually put on your offerings yep. for it to be actually feasible and make sense. You mean we shouldn't have 32 offerings at one time? I I mean I would love that, not for real, from a logistical, a, from a logistical standpoint, but from a tasting. So standpoint. one bag of each a week. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought it was we enjoyed you have because you could tell that you were very open minded and. Um, sometimes we have people in the roastery and you can just instantly tell it's like, I like this guy. And this, I think this is going to go somewhere. And I felt like we felt that pretty, pretty quick off the bat, but from honesty, I wasn't expecting as quick to be going to SCA with you guys. And then going to Brazil it was a really cool connection. Yeah. yeah. We moved really fast. We yes. <laughs> so Joel, Joel was like, uh, we're going to be in coffee. And the next thing I know we're at SCA, just handing out coffee in a booth. And I'm like, wow, he moves quick. I like this guy. An SCA He's as impatient as I am. That we've been waiting <laughs> to go for, you know, an event that. I'd put, you know, that was kind of like a, one of our, you know, dreams to get it to an event and to be at a booth and yeah. to be able to communicate with. This coffee. is how silly coffee is. Like it's a dream of three people sitting in this room to be at the trade show. That yeah, like how many yeah. industries do you have people dying to be at the trade show? Right, right. Like that was so huge for us because we're able to learn and connect. And I think that's what's special about coffee is you literally have a trade show that probably most people would dread in their industry. And we all can't wait to be there. It's, it's like a, a carnival list item. You know, you're walking around and there's every piece of equipment you use. They've got a booth and they've got a rep that you can walk up and talk to. And, hey, we've got a special trade show deal. on the, It's just really nerdy stuff. But at the end, well, it was just even all the coffees we got to just try 24-7. It was just unbelievable. Just walk around this hall and get to drink all these coffees. Yeah. Wasn't that one section they had the, uh, the Panama Geisha area where you could just have like 15 tables of just trying geishas. Nice. Crazy. What, what, what did you? I mean, you enjoyed. SCA. I enjoyed. What yes, was and, uh, some stuff you learned? Kind of. Uh, one thing that got me the most was when I saw a lot of companies had uh, like the farmer there with them, and uh, mm -hmm. they were like supporting the farmer and, and bringing them to America and showing the product. And I, that got me more into coffee because I really want to do that with my dad. You know, he, uh, like, he explaining to me how. One, uh, two years ago, he got more money for his coffee. I was like, oh, how much more? And the guy gave him like 20 reais more per 60 kilo bag. That's like $5, $3. Yeah. It's like, dad, that's, you know, that's no, that's no money there. And I see this huge movement helping small farmers like him. And I see a, a great opportunity for him to change his life. And you guys went there with me and saw that his farm is not doing well. And uh, he lost a lot of his money helping my brother out mm -hmm. with, you know, some pro uh, with the coffee. Uh, he, my brother helped him pick the coffee and sell the coffee to, and they had to share the money and he didn't make any profit that year since they had his heart problem, uh, mm -hmm. open heart surgery. And now he, but I see that he loves coffee. That's what he wants to do. And I see that people are making money like that, bringing these farmers here, going to the show, having the pictures on the bag of coffee mm -hmm. and getting the coffee straight from the farmer. Uh, I saw it's a huge opportunity for it him. Is. And he seems yes. like a guy that would like shy away from like, no, I don't want my picture. No, he does. Yeah. He <laughs> likes just to. <laughs> He's a pretty simple guy. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, absolutely not. I, I won't, I won't have you like, uh, 
and he has not been to america correct no he never uh never tried he tried to come once but like uh they denied his visa because somebody else he has a pretty common name me and me mm -hmm. and him and then he started asking questions the oh have you been to america you live there and kept asking that over and over he got upset you know he's a military guy he doesn't and he got mad at the, the people in the embassy and scream at them and they kick him out of there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's he's a really nice guy too. Yeah. That's a yeah. thing. He's like the nicest Super guy, dude. Kind. And he's like, I don't need to go to America. I'm fine here, but <laughs> I'm gonna convince him. He's got family, you know. He's got a. He's got we just a... gotta handle it for him. To where all he has to do is get on a plane, and then we'll just handle everything for him. Yeah, I know. When uh, if he gets the visa, I apply for his uh, green card. That way, he don't have to go anywhere. He received the green card at his house. Mm -hmm. And then after that happened, I would have to fly there and like put him in the car, drive him to the <laughs> to the airport, and come with him. And then he'll, I think he'll come. If I, I think it'd him. be really cool just to see the whole setup, and it'd be cool to have him in the roastery too. Yeah, I think absolutely. that would be just such a cool turnaround. Not only that, but I mean, we stayed at his house with him for what five days. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, we got to live in his house with him and his family, and it'd just be nice to invite him into our space and be able to return that hospitality and show him how things work here. Because I mean, that was really cool for us just to be plugged into yeah. a working farm, like where we're just staying in your house with you guys, eating family meals together. That was really cool, and I would love to be able to return that favor. Yeah, that, I love that place. It's so cool. In the middle of nowhere. It's a, it was a magical place. For it was. Sure. I remember when it felt. It was night. really cool going with with you because I mean, growing up there and having family there and like not just going with like a random importing company. You're staying at like these, you know, houses built for travelers. The fact that we went and stayed at your dad's place, went and hung out with some of your family, and like it really felt like we got a good chunk of what the culture was like. And I think that's a big part of Brazil is if you're not connected with the culture it's like you're missing a huge part of what brazil is it's True. very culture driven you know i even think back to watching you just sit there and roast coffee over the fire mm -hmm. showing them the way that you would roast it different than the way he roasts it right mm -hmm. so like you get those special opportunities where it's like all right let's talk about the way that we roast versus the way that is traditionally roasted up here and let's just show you what's capable mm -hmm. or possible and then let's taste right. it and like those little opportunities just wouldn't happen without us just sharing For space sure. together well, and him, him seeing like our, our grinder, because I brought my commandante, uh -huh. and I, I watched him grind um, a whole a whole batch of coffee on his one that was like stationary, really nice grinder. It was like probably a hundred years old though, right? Yeah, this super super old. Super old. <laughs> um, probably will live another two hundred years yeah. though. That thing is yeah. a beast. And I showed him, in, and it was cool just having him look at it. Like this thing, you just bring anywhere. It was like yeah. I could see him kind of the wheels turning in his head when he was looking at it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really awesome experience. I'm excited to go back, for sure. You gotta go back. We do. Gotta get him here first. Yeah. And then going back to our point, and uh, that's my plan for him. I want to get him here. You know, make sure he gets good coffee from his farm. I think you guys taught him a lot and showed him that there is huge market market for that here in America, and getting that good coffee here on the ground and sell up shot his coffee. And mm -hmm. that's I think seeing you guys there. And you guys, he's like, this is for real. Those guys own a shop in America. And if I get good coffee out of my farm, uh, I have a place to sell. I don't have to deal with these people down the, in the city that <laughs> will give me 20 reais right. more for my... It's just hard work. You guys saw that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then for my bag of coffee and uh, try to lowball me and mm -hmm. have to deal with her. Got him... Uh, got pumped up he wanted to sell his truck and invest in coffee. I was like, hey, come down, man. <laughs> <laughs> give us a, Let's yeah. go slow. <laughs> I love the enthusiasm, though. What, what do you think his perspective on us throwing coffee in buckets and throwing yeast in it? Like, you think he was like, 
he, his perspective, I, you think? he heard about it before, you know, like uh, what Agne explained to me and the old school coffee farmers in Brazil, they all into the natural process. If the coffee has a lot of flavor, they, they'll be like, oh, it's not real coffee. It's like you're changing the flavor of the coffee. That's his mindset, right. you know. Um, but when he saw us doing it, he got excited and uh, he helped us. Mm-hmm. He did. And he's been working on that coffee every day since we're like yeah. moving, you know, up and down. Keep me updated. Text, hey, the coffee's doing great. You know, he's like, I'm sorry. It's taking forever to dry the weather. It's been a cold winter mm-hmm. here. And uh, the, he, he loved it. Cool. It's a great experience for him, and uh, he's super open mind. He's down to do whatever. When we want. we we kind of try to create the raised bed there, that was kind of a cool process. Um, and he was, you know, he was like am- am- amongst all of us, like helping us. We had the whole whole crew out there: Agner, all of us, your dad. We were trying to construct that raised bed. Um, yeah, we were noticing up in that region, like that little dirt road that we took off the main expressway, right? What do you? How many farms do you think is just off that one road going up to your dad's farm? Like thirty farms off that road? Yeah, probably. 30, Pretty much right. every driveway has some form of coffee growing somewhere on their hillside, and then they have the you know Along some with animals, things, right? and yeah, it's not the only thing they do, but. Um, yeah, and uh, all those. <laughs> All, all those farmers there, uh, what Agnes told me, that he, fi- he find good that. coffee in those little farms. It, it, usually in Brazil, we don't call those farms. It's just a family that has a piece of land, like my dad, and they don't give name to the piece of land. They just pick the coffee. And a lot of people that has knowledge of coffee go around to those little farms, buy their coffee, and bring to the, their big farm and sell, like, oh, this is coffee from Nova Farm. It's a, you, you look online, you find the farm name. It's a huge farm, and you think it's their coffee. And it's not. He went to a little guy like my dad's uh, neighbor mm-hmm. has really good coffee. He knows about coffee. He buy his coffee, prepare and sell it as was his coffee. But it's not, you know. Basically, private labeling. Yeah. You're selling underneath your brand, but it's not from your farm anymore, and it's kind of like a vague area. Yeah. And that's uh, a lot of people asking me like, I need to have the farm name. And I called Agnan yesterday, like, a lot of this coffee we have here, I need the name for a farm. It's like, I can give the name of the guy, but he doesn't have a farm name. He's just, a, he does, like, lot number three, the coffee I brought it, the guy only do three bags a year, hmm. 360 kilo bags. He doesn't have a yeah, farm name. That's tiny, all his tiny. coffee there. It's like, really? Yeah. One of those lots we had was from a farm that produced three bags. Lot number so three. It's like, yeah, that he does three specialty bags. I feel like we should have hyped that up a little bit more. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, there's more. There's more to be sold, and we'll just take his name. Yeah, just yeah. take the name. I got, the name, I, Agne the name get, means something. Agne wanted to get a, uh, the cup. That's like the, when I saw the. I realized that Agne's not doing this for the money. He just loved coffee. He's like, I'm gonna go back and get the lot number three for us again. I was like, man, we, I didn't even sell those. I still have five bags. <laughs> we, got, we gotta sell them. Uh, <laughs> I have two bags. So it's good. I mean, that Brazil. That was. I yeah, mean, lot three. Was when insane. we first had it, I was like. Because we always would get samples of Brazils, and I've said this a few times on the podcast, and um, weren't that they were bad, but we were always cupping them to next to different origins, right? We are cupping them next to a Colombia, or, and a lot of times they were just lighter, and they didn't yeah. present. But when we got these Brazils, and the quali- you could just see the quality was way better. And then that lot three was like, almost reminded me of a Kenya. Yeah, I feel like typically they're kind of like muted and like very tea-like in a way. But, I mean, they just had such pronounced, like, acidity and sweetness that we hadn't gotten out of Brazil's before. Um, All that being said, we need that lot three. We yeah. need another few bags. 
in the roastery. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna bring some. So then we talked a lot about coffee. Kind of want to transition um, to revive a little bit, and I mean, you have quite a community over there with people, and like, there's a lot of a lot of revive people out there that I've noticed, and a lot of loyal people. I don't know. Explain like the dynamic of like the jujitsu community a little bit of like an interesting community it is it is i uh i've been around the jiu-jitsu that's all i do and for the last 20 years um uh, been teaching jiu-jitsu and meeting new faces every day and the jiu-jitsu community is pretty tight it's a great community and i started when i moved here i got uh, associated with an, uh, a team called tech team it's kai watson has a gym in the city and josh mckinney mm-hmm. and we, st- we got associated with tech team and since I opened uh, Revive, I got huge support from these guys. They helped me a lot here. They've both been in the roastery, I believe. But one's been in the cafe. One's yeah, been in the roastery. Um, one been in the cafe, and the yeah. Josh came here through the cupping day. Yes. And uh, he drinks our my coffee, the Upshot Revive coffee. And he also has a podcast. He always talks about my coffee there. And <laughs> it's a pretty uh, legit podcast, man. He does huh? a good, he, He's put a good amount of uh, time and money yeah. into that, that podcast. Funny. He is. He's a great guy. And uh, the Jiu-Jitsu community is pretty tight, and it's been helping me with my coffee, too, I think, because uh, they love my revived coffee, and uh, they've been trying the upshot and getting... Yeah. They, I, I have a lot of open-minded people ready to try new coffee and learn about it. And uh, also, I didn't know I have a lot of members that know about coffee, and they have their own grind already, know how to do a power over, and they're like, wow, this is good coffee, man. You know? So I think it's... A good connection, totally. Shujitsu, coffee, work goes side by side. You know, we well, were pretty surprised how fast you've been selling those bags. I mean, how many you've ordered like 180 bags total, right? I sold, yeah, Three I sold 120 60. bags, and then I got 60 last yeah, week. We I sold some it. already from there, but and then I was out of town a lot. I mean, he's literally just selling this out of his dojo, yeah. or like, what do you? Is that what you call your gym? Yeah, you can call it dojo. Okay. Is, uh, um, but you're literally just selling these out of your, your gym to your friends and family and the people that go to your gym and everyone's loving it and they're sharing with it and they're all kind of bought yeah. in. And it seems like a very loyal community that responds really well to you. So obviously you've right. invested in that and taken really good care of them. Yeah, thank you. Well, the the idea that it's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gym that has having unique Brazil lots, specialty coffee that, you know, like it's a pretty cool, pretty cool set, setup. So, I mean, I'm glad people yeah, how, are enjoying uh, it. Jiu-Jitsu is such a different martial arts from others. It's more of a modern martial arts, you know. We don't have uh, that much of the old-school mentality of other martial Like, it, it revive, you don't have that, like, so uptight, and you got to bow mm-hmm. to the mat, and you got to have these rules, have these pictures of great masters on the wall. Revive is more of a relaxed, modern yeah. place. And then I, the people that I have in my gym are more open-minded and ready mm-hmm. to try new things, yeah. too, like... No, the, oh, this is new type of coffee. Oh, it's done. They ask me questions. Done different. Oh, I want to try that. That's, mm-hmm. You know, it's cool. I like it. I'm excited for uh, maybe some of the cold brew. Here we've got some oh, yes. canned cold brew that we're looking at here soon and doing like a signature revive cold brew would be. Dude, what about a lot three cold brew? Oh my god, and blow people's <laughs> minds. Oh my gosh. But yeah, well, we actually, do that. Oh yeah, I mean, I feel like that would be the perfect thing. We for just your had a good idea on this podcast, folks. I gotta, first I gotta time. have a little first time for everything. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta have a little shop on my gym. I think like yeah. just a little place yeah, that a people can go and get that cold 
bro or like yeah, an espresso yeah. machine. That's it. Come and that'd be awesome. Can just drink before you train, before you try to kill each other. They well, can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a quick break. Have drink some coffee. Get all, get all jacked it. up on espresso and then go on the mat and try to kill each other. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is unique, man. Because. I uh, I went to the gym. Speaking of that, I gotta I gotta come back because I I did enjoy it a lot. And we gotta get both of these guys. We gotta yeah. break one of their arms. In the but next, in the next, I've week. broken my arm a few times. I'm good. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta but break somebody's else arm though. <laughs> but I went and it was such a unique experience of like very little throughout your day are you like fighting, you know, in the sense of like somebody's trying to take advantage of you in some yeah. way, right? And it's like a very unique internal your head there's like this switch like oh shoot i gotta defend myself and how little we actually experience that day to day and i think it's what makes you know other martial arts very unique because you have this fight or flight mentality that's constantly buzzing that we don't really get too often i feel like in a normal you know suburban american life right yeah you're not you're just going to work you're going home you know it's you're not getting put in an arm bar right and it's i've heard a lot that <laughs> I've heard a lot of people that do martial arts, especially jujitsu, are very calm people because, you know, they get all their they get all their anger or their their fight or flight out, and then they can leave the gym and go. I'm gonna is that kind of yeah I, yeah I hear that a lot too, and I think jujitsu relaxes. It's a type of a therapy, I think. Well, not yeah. only that, but I would imagine like there's something about knowing that you can protect yourself pretty much anywhere that probably just makes you a calmer person. Yes, I heard uh, <laughs> less insecurity in that way. Yes, I was listening to a podcast. I forgot the name of the guy. I think he's a Navy SEAL. So guys probably know who he is. Uh, he was saying like being a learning jujitsu is like having a superpower, you know. Mm. And after you do jujitsu, you see that how effective it is. You know, you're training with somebody that never did any martial arts before and how you can control them. And mm -hmm. you can, you, you're, smaller, you're a smaller guy going against a bigger guy and you might you find a way to win the match. And it uh, gives you a lot of confidence. And uh, But the main benefit to Jiu-Jitsu, I think, is you get a workout every day. Every day you're testing yourself. Like if you work out at the gym, when you hit your limit, you hit your limit. You can take a break and rest. When you're grappling somebody, you hit your limit. He's going to keep pushing you. He's going to try to choke you. And <laughs> you don't want to yeah. lose. And then uh, you always get pushed to your extreme, extreme, you know. That's and that's, what, that's probably what a lot of like fight or flight moments are going to be. You're not going to have all the strength. Yeah. You know, you're not going to yeah. have all the energy in the tank. You, but you still got to push, you know. Um Whenever you're holding someone down and you're choking them out in a competition <laughs> and they're getting real annoying, have you ever whispered something in their ear just to let them know that you're their daddy? <laughs> maybe, maybe I should, right? <laughs> this last, well, I competed uh, against uh, one guy and uh, he was going pretty hard and I got you guy in a good position. I, I saw that he broke. He was exhausted. And I look at him like, it's okay, buddy. You'll be fine. You got <laughs> just this. Just whispering that in his ear yeah, while you're choking that, him that out. That was really, I saw that he was he really frustrated. He yeah. probably crumbled at that moment. Yeah. After this moment, it's okay. You're going to be okay. You'll be fine. I'll buddy. help you get It'll in your car. Here soon. Your wife will you. drive you home. You'll be just yeah. fine. You can take a break. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get you a fruit roll-up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Juice box. And, and your gym's off of uh, Jungerman Road, correct? Yes. Right okay. here. It's super nice. Super nice gym. It's like, and do you guys, like, just for people, if they're listening or interested, do you guys have, you have, like, interest, like, time slots, correct, when you guys are open? Yeah, so we, d we have Muay Thai classes. Usually, we do them 11 a.m. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. We have yoga. I do yoga every Tuesday and Thursday. If you guys want to come do yoga. I need me. that. You know. And then choke Connor out. 
we do yoga first and then we choke each other. He's going to tell me it's <laughs> yoga and then I'll walk in and be like, just kidding. Here's your gi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get on the mat. Shut up. You're going to pay for trying to kill us in Brazil. <laughs> yeah. Choke him. <laughs> it's going to get me one of these days. Point at the Come speedometer as we gym. drove off a cliff. You should talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, like I said, that last podcast we, we highlighted a little bit. But yeah, Connor, uh, well, I mean, it was a group effort, right? Listen, when you're not a triple black belt in jujitsu and you got to take out someone, uh, you know that was my That's option. The move. You I gotta, can't choke creative. you out. You got to go down with them, right? <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> choke you out, dude. So like, I got to just make you drive off a mountain if I want to win. You forgot you were in the car too. Unfortunately, yeah. all of us had to go too. He was gonna jump at the last second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. Jump out the door. <laughs> that was it was uh, the timing was crazy too. It was. Uh, we got ready to drive. I called my family, and they, every time I drive them, my whole family is waiting for me to get safe in the, my destination. And they do that to every family member. I have a lot of friends that lost their parents there. I lost a lot of friends in the expressway, a lot of friends, you know. Um, and then we start driving there, and he's quiet the whole time. He's been super helpful. It's a great <laughs> co-pilot, this guy. Like, I'm happy he's good. Me, quiet? No, you're being help- talking, but you're being helpful. Like, <laughs> oh, you're going, oh, be careful. Oh, great. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then building trust. Get building trust. Two miles from out. my dad's house. He's put his hand right in my face and scream at me, look, look, look. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I don't know how we didn't flip that car. No, it was know? like uh, we were driving and you're like, wow. we're like, how do we get to your dad's house? You're like, well, I know by kind of mileage. I know that it's yeah. a certain amount of miles to his house. So I'm trying to find look at the speedometer, but I can't find the mileage. And then all of a sudden, kind of goes, "Oh, I think it's there." And you know that was right as we entered a sharp turn. And <laughs> but yeah, it was uh, it was all in good thought, you know. Yeah. It was on purpose. Yeah, I build trust, and then I take you out. You guys think you guys could find that farm again? Absolutely, Oof. absolutely. I couldn't find my way out of Climb So Ill last night, but I'm pretty sure I could find that farm again. <laughs> Just go. <ahead. laughs> so, so Juno, I, I, w- I want to bring this up. Um, you have a pretty good knack for you're a sweet talker right so <laughs> yes we, i feel oh, like there's yeah. so many yeah. times where i was like you know especially in brazil when you know you're speaking portuguese to somebody and then all of a sudden i'm like what what's going on and then we get let in like in the at the airport uh, yeah what, i what, you, i got away with that a lot you know i got in trouble trying things like that before too but um you're just a lovable guy. People, people just take you seriously. We I guess. landed in was in where were we? Sao Paulo. Sao Paulo. Yeah. And I have the American Express, and I can only get family members in. I travel a lot. You well, guys, it's four a.m. Right? I mean, yeah. we get in exhausted. And everywhere I go, um, I I did that in Colorado. I'm going to tell you guys after too. And then I see you guys are all tired, and uh, I'm like, oh, I know a place. I know a place. <laughs> we're going to go to the lounge and we're going to get in. I was like, I got to f- find a way to get these guys. <laughs> no, and I'm thinking there's 0% chance. When we're walking, I'm like, okay, yeah. sure. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Because normally those lounges are, are they like 50 bucks. To yeah, get in? 50. Like, yeah, and uh, some of them you can't even pay. It's just whoever has the card. And So I get there with my American Express. And they and I, it's American Express card. The Brazilian one is different. It's, it's a different card. And the girl look at it, it's like, wow, like she never seen that one before. And she put in the machines like you can't go in. I was like, oh, I'm gonna bring these guys with me. And she's like, oh, you can bring people with you. I was like, yeah, I can't. It's a special card. I can bring as <laughs> many people as I want. That's a Brazilian Amex. That's yeah, different. That's a. It's, and she's it's like good stuff. 
And I was going to get all of you guys in for sure there. When I saw her face, she was lost and messing the computer and she couldn't find any information there. I was like, you got to let us in. And the guy was there, uh, another Brazilian guy heard us like, yeah, I can get one extra with me. And he brought uh, one of you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how many guests you have? And I was like, true. And she let us in. Let us in. And do we, we walk in and I was like, what's happening? This is actually I, no way. I remember... Th- we were like standing back while Junior was talking to him, and I was like, "What do you think he's saying?" <laughs> what <do you> think? <laughs> I was what like, "What do you think they're talking about right now?" What do you right think's now? happening? And we were like, "I don't know, but this is working." Fifty <laughs> minutes later, sweet talking. We're walking in. In yeah. Col- in, Col- uh, in Colorado after the show, the yep. coming back from Portland, I was with Agner, and we were tired again, super exhausted. Oh, yeah. And I went to the lounge, and the the lady didn't want to let Agner in because he wasn't a family member. So I look at her, I was like, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> and she's like, you're not gay. I can see you're not gay. I was like, you're judging me? He's my boyfriend. Of course he's my he boyfriend. He, he's with me. And oh, but you guys are not married. It's like in Brazil, you can't get married. It's illegal. <laughs> it's illegal in Brazil. You have anything against that? And she's like, no, I'm okay. I will let you guys in. But that, I was like, you got to call somebody. I need, you know, you can't ask Agnes. This is, this is true. And she called the manager and the manager like. Let him in. Yeah, you should let them in. <laughs> Did you hold his hand real quick on the way in? <laughs> <laughs> and the way out, we stayed there, and then um, they have showers there. I asked for a key for the shower, and the girl like, you, you guys, you need one key or two keys? I was like, two different showers. We're not showering together. And the way out, the girl called me. Let me ask you a question. Are you guys a couple for real? I was like, no, he's just my friend. <laughs> Too late now, right? It's like, yeah, I knew it. I knew it. But realistically, what's the difference? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, uh, there, I mean, there's a difference That's in true. being I mean, a couple and not. Well, but, but I'm saying, like, I'm talking, whether he's gonna bring a know, boyfriend in or his know, friend in, it's still gonna consume. It's still a part. It was a of long like weekend. Having a guest with you, like, I don't know. Hey, we didn't you talk in. about though at this lounge. I mean, they just had like everything. Yeah. I mean, they had breakfast, the, the delicious little Ooh, cheese balls. Cheese balls. Uh, they had beer. They had beer. Me and beer, drink. wine. Listen, me and Blake were drinking beers. I have a hard like five. It was like five six a.m. But <laughs> listen, I have a hard time walking into a lounge after a trip that that long and that tired, and going, "This is all free. I gotta at least get was, something." That was the first like quarter of the way. Back. Oh yeah. You know, I was so tired at that point already because we had just come off the five hours of driving overnight. I remember I just like I literally walked away from you guys the second we got in there, and I just went to find a bench to lay down because I was like, I've got to get some sleep. You were sleeping on the and I could not sleep anywhere, dude. I think I tried like three or four spots, and finally I was just like, screw it. We we I was so miserable. Where's we were Connor? looking for you one time, and we saw you laying down like face down on a bench, a hard metal like wood bench, and I was just like, oh god. I thought he was that dead. Was so it was a long trip. I was, was trying to trip. die, man. Like, I... <laughs> you when get... did you guys get back on the Monday? Or... Yeah, it was. I think it was a Monday because we were supposed to get back on Sunday, Sun... Sunday afternoon, and then we ended up getting back Monday, Monday like, like three, four o'clock yeah. in the afternoon, something like that. You got home at like Saturday, right? Yeah. And of course, you had was... no travel plans Same at all. Trip. Beat us by like three days. And when I got my seat, I thought about like waiting for you guys, but it's like I don't, I don't want to be stuck here. <laughs> you know, I, I fly standby. And I flew home, rest Sunday, and Monday I went to train hard. I was getting ready to compete, and it was a tough day. I was exhausted. And I'm driving back from the city. 
I look at my cell phone and see you guys still stuck there. I was like, man. <laughs> those poor guys. <laughs> those guys are dead. I'd hate yeah. to be them. That's <laughs> oh, tough. Man. We learned a lot. We learned a lot. Um, if you haven't listened to the Brazil podcast, you can learn about all the things that we uh, we experienced. Our travel experiences. I'll say yeah. one thing I learned is I really enjoyed that trip with all you guys. Like It was yep. a yeah. great group of guys, and I can't imagine like a farm visit with that many people for that long going that well and everyone getting along that well and you know dude i just really enjoyed your family i enjoyed spending time with you honestly and i enjoyed spending time with blake and drew and i thought it was just a not only educational but it was really good for our team to be together and have that time together and and your family was amazing for that for us yeah, a lot of hard work that was, was a great hard work and that was so different that we went to the another farm and they had their houses there where they want receive people and they want to make it more like americanized yep to get you there and uh i think the way we did it was that makes uh the big difference having you're not paying for anything you know it's like you're just going to somebody's house and you see how they live every day mm -hmm. and we talking yeah. to him and it's what we wanted you know yeah, i don't i don't want to go sit on a resort and right. learn about coffee i want to see how it's done. You People know. are doing because they want to help. They want to show you how they live, not because they're getting paid for yeah, it. Exactly. And, and kind of what Junior is talking about is a lot of the farms and these other areas that are nicer are starting to add like Airbnbs and cabins and make it kind of like an ecotourism, agribusiness type deal, or just be able to put up people coming in to see the farm, uh, whether yeah. they're tourists or actual coffee people. And that's just another revenue stream. So a lot of farms are kind of going to that. Yes, and those farms are pretty successful too. You see how rich they are. They're yeah. doing really well. And they Agner like Agner was telling us there, like you see these big companies, they just get a guy, tell him to get a dirty shirt, take a picture of him, like, Oh, this is the farm I'm getting my coffee, but he's in that huge farm. Agner was saying that to us, I was tra yeah. translating to you. And uh it gets make it makes it really hard to help the people that really needs help. You know, people like my dad's neighbor, the people you met there. How are you gonna reach that person? Right, can't even get there. Right, there's no, there, there's, no there's no address. My dad, my father doesn't have an address. You wanna send him a gift? You gotta send to the city, He's and pick it up. he might wait. You might wait a month until he goes there and pick that thing up. So you gotta drive there, hand it to him if you wanna. <laughs> and if you wanna find him, you gotta go up there and talk to Literally, him. Literally, the place is so remote. There is no address. There's yes. no mailbox. He goes into town to get his stuff. Yes. First time I went to that farm, my father told me, make sure you got a truck, got a good car. And I'm a cheap guy. I'm like my boy Connor here. <laughs> and I got a, a weak wait, little wait, wait, car. Wait. Is there a theme? Small business guys that are young with families have to be cheap while they build their business? Yes. Or they'll be go out of business That's right exactly. quick. And the car broke down going up the hill. I got stuck there with my family, and I learned a big lesson. Like, I should listen to my dad, <laughs> and I, next time I'll get a big truck. Get a truck. <laughs> the well, truck. then they got us again this time because you rented a big truck this time, and they gave us like a little yeah, – it worked. It was like the size of a Colorado, and it worked. But, yeah. It was a Fiat. You know, a small truck. It was a, it was a small truck, but it was a four-wheel driver. It yeah. worked. Four-wheel drive. You got her done. I tried to fight them, you guys. You did fight them. Yeah. You went back in. We we argued. He you said, know. hey, Connor's my you boyfriend. Said, I, Give me a big truck. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, Connor's my boyfriend. <laughs> my boyfriend. He's, you know, he needs to be in leather. My boyfriend's He needs a third he row. He needs a big truck. They're uh, like, he's not that tall. He'll be fine. <laughs> I, I thought it was crazy. It was, um, we went and saw some of your family. It was uh, Governor Valdez. Yes. That's how you would say it. Um, and we were hanging out with some of, some of the people around our age, and they were like, I've only the only Americans I ever meet are the ones Junior brings. Like yeah. you're the third probably white person for like 
fourth white American I've ever well, met. Yeah, in we my asked life. them like who the first American they met, and they all said Jessica. Yeah, Jessica. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was pretty crazy. Like, oh wow, this place is definitely like. There's not many people like us walking around. Right. It made me. It may feel a little more special, you know. Just I had the ability to be in a place that not many. Yeah. You don't even really think like I don't ever really think about that anymore too. Is like going to another region that's so remote. They're not even used to seeing me. Like you, you think you, that we're everywhere at this point. Everybody. Right? Everyone's everywhere at this point, but it's really not the case. It's also is a that's a poor area. It's kind of violent there, and um, it could be dangerous for us to be there be hanging dangerous. out without you. In other words, so it's not common for people to be there alone. That's not a place you probably would go Travel. if you're by yourself. You yeah. know, go yeah. to Rio. If you get, I had a plan. If they try to rob us, I'll give them Connor. <laughs> That's a the, great plan. He lived there, longer man. than us. That's like, who I'd I, give up to. Take this guy. <laughs> He's got zero value back home. Take him. Take him. His <laughs> wife will be happy. <laughs> His wife will be happy. <laughs> no, this that would be tough. Um, <laughs> upshot. Would, I'm glad we had a plan though. Yeah, I'm glad we did. <laughs> I was going to take over the shop. Like, yeah. <laughs> Junior was just going to step into my yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you guys got any other questions? You guys want to? Is there anything else you want to ask? Um, I feel like. What would be the most important thing that Upshot people could do to help support Revive Coffee on this journey, Prime Coffee? Um, how is it that we can support your dad's farm? In my mind, it's whenever we release a coffee, we're able to now put it at the shop. We're selling some in the shop along with you. So just so that our customers know, currently the way that it's working is whenever we release a new lot of this Brazilian coffee that we have in house right now from Agner and uh-huh. you guys from Prime. Uh, you're taking about 40 to 50 bags and selling them out of Revive BJ so they can always reach out to you and get a bag of a new lot. And then we are also now carrying them at both upshots to where we'll have a, a select number of bags. We're not going to have 50 bags, but we're going to have, you know, 48 bags for you guys to try it and sample it because these are pretty small lots. And we'll also offer it on pour over so you can try it in, in either cafe now too. So if you guys love hearing this story, if you guys love hearing about junior's family and want to support his dad and support this region and help us continue to be able to travel to this region and start to not only impact his dad but impact the farmers all around there that we can meet impact agner just continue to make this you know something that returns something for the farmers and gives us an avenue to continue to build our education and impact people i would say upshot people we would love for you guys to a try the revives you know how great it is uh, and B, be able to support it so we can continue this journey and continue to support people uh, like Joao's dad and like more people that we want to find and help support, but continue to grow the coffee community and continue to um, build meaningful relationships in this, right? Mm-hmm. To me, it's much more meaningful to buy coffee from your dad and, and the farmers in that area that I've met and I've shaken their hand and they've invited me into their house and made me a cup of their coffee and fed me. I'd, you know, To me, that's more impactful for us and our customers than just ordering off of a green sample that I got from one of our importers. And mm-hmm. the reality is they both need to happen right now, right? They're yeah. both good in their own reasons. But to me, the impact of being able to support you guys is really rewarding for right now. So I hope, and I would ask that our customers also support that if that's important to them. Yeah. Thank you. Said it well all. said. So that way we can uh, plan our next trip and get back over there and have some fun and, and do some more projects. There yeah. you go. I like it. I think in the whole idea behind this is like, it's necessary. The support is very necessary, right? It's like, mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it when it comes to everything we're trying to do. So I'm excited to see where this is going to go. And yeah. you got any closing thoughts, Junior? Yes. I think we're at the right place at the right time. I think it's growing a lot, the coffee community and people are learning every day. And 
I think I'm really thankful for you guys. You guys being great help. My first and only customer so far <laughs> and you guys are teaching me taking the time to uh i learned a lot about coffee go, uh, with you guys and also seeing others how people guys people sometimes are not so helpful they don't want oh this guy doesn't know anything about coffee let's get him out of here and um and i think things are going to in the right way and i have a lot of faith that i'm gonna be able to grow my yeah. company and uh sell this coffee and get another container here and uh i think doing what we're doing and we're gonna get there and again i'm up, really thankful you know? thank you guys and yeah can't wait to go back to brazil with you guys yeah well, we're we're it's wild how things work right just right. how random all of right. this was just such a crazy connection that just right down the street a jujitsu gym has coffee and then boom you know here's a connection so that's why i love coffee though i think coffee is beautiful in that way is there's all these random connections there's just something about the connection between coffee that is super special so we're thankful that we we made it and that you came by and we're here now and next time agner's here we'll get him to we'll get him on the pod and we'll you know we'll work we'll, his english has been improving so we'll get him on here one of these days too i'll try to tra translate for him translate. and you guys translate for me so. and then i'll keep there working on my portuguese so it's not one way you should learn portuguese next time <laughs> next time we go all righty guys well thank you for listening uh junior i appreciate you coming and um I imagine some down, some down the road will be a part two of this. So Absolutely. I look forward to it. Well, thanks, guys, for listening, and be on the lookout for more Upshot-related content. Peace.